Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the LGL officially unofficial podcast episode 34. Wait, uh, no, no, the script here says we're on season two, episode one, ladies and gentlemen. That cosplay content will not be happening. I'm sorry to inform you. <laughs> I am one of your co hosts, Alex, otherwise known as Executive by Mars Swan on the internet. And on the opposite side of this screen is the inspiring man himself, Nymera. Nymera, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Lexi. We'll, we'll be keeping track of the episode number, of course. We did have a promise right at the start of things, where if we managed to get 100 podcast episodes, we might do a show in podcast. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Anyway, it's a new <laughs> season. I'd like to say, you know, like it's new year, new me. It's not quite that. I'm, I'm still actually Alex Namera Hapgood. Um, but I am here to talk LJL 2021. Beautiful, beautiful. And we couldn't be forgetting anybody can we nightmare i think i think we've covered everything let's get right into oh wait yeah, the man yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah the man in the middle <laughs> the astute man himself initialize of course He's welcome the one because always. we just didn't realize he was there yeah. exactly <laughs> you nearly left the diamond in the rough boy but i'm still here i'm, I'm still I'm ready to be chatting ljl oh true enough <laughs> Oh. I'm gonna go cry in the corner. You guys clearly don't need me, and we'll, well move on. Uh, well, I did like do 20 rank games, so I don't play a lot of rank. So yes, I think it was something like that. In fairness. Well, before you do that, initialize. Could you, by potentially, tell our lovely listeners uh, what is this podcast if they're it, new here? It's basically these two roasting me. Clearly, uh, no, we <laughs> chat about the LJL and the goings on there. This is kind of our English shoulder content to chat about things we don't have time to do on broadcast roster moves and decisions made in game and all those kind of nitty-gritty bits about meta and the rest of it as well and i mean if we're doing this do we have any affiliation with right games nymera oh it feels good that you're asking me that again oh, of course you asked that that out of us all of last year and the answer is still no <laughs> nothing to do with the riot we this is our own content <laughs> our own creation we do it uh from our own platform and uh that means we have no ties to anyone else and that does mean all of what we're saying are our own views and opinions. You can find all of us at at Nymera, at Initialize with a one, and at Marswan on most, if not every uh, social media platform. You can also find out more information about the LJL, officially unofficial, by simply talking LJL OU into almost any search bar and you should find us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a Discord server. Invite link will be in the show notes, but if you also type it in, there are multiple ways of finding it. And you can also find this podcast on all audio streaming platforms that you love to enjoy. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's, it feels good to be back. It's been a while. It's been he does. Yeah, I, I mean, mean... <laughs> oh, we've done it again. That was both, that was both of us doubling up at the same time. You know I tell you what, what I'm gonna, you, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna take this one. Yes, this is what we're talking about. The play-by-play -play goes first. Yeah, that feels good. Uh, I'm really excited to be back. Um, I think we've got quite a lot of stuff to cover in this first episode as well. Like a lot has changed since Worlds. A lot has changed hell since the end of summer. Um, and we've got you know many many rosters, many changes in. Uh, players, play styles, a little bit of drama to get over as well. So I'm quite looking forward to, to covering it all for you guys. It's a whistle-stop tour. It, it's definitely going to have to be one of those because we've got a lot to go through. Nomera, would you mind helping me run through this very quickly? We've got big news, especially over in the LJL. Bunch of rosters have completely blown up. Uh, and what's our next topic after that? 
Uh, so, I mean, if we're talking about, this is effectively like the headlines at seven, we're going through all of that. So there's a lot of stuff about roster news. Mm -hmm. That includes people coming into the region and leaving the region altogether. Uh, the stuff about some of the drama around those moves is, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, that's, that's, that'll be the next thing we kind of topic, kind of segue into. Yeah. In that kind of rosters and drama and everything, rumors, some of the notable teams, DFM are going to be, we're going to be talking about, Burning oh, yeah. Core, we're going to be talking about very briefly, and V3, <laughs> all of, some of the big names there, well, a former, well, well, got two Worlds competitors, and the team that almost took down DFM in the quarterfinals in the yeah. LJL, like, lot happened over there. Moving on to the last topic, Nymera, what are we hoping to see change? Can you run us through that quickly? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it will be about our opinion, our perspective on the LGL and what we've learned and, and therefore what we think steps that could be taken by some of the teams or all the region as a whole going into the next year in terms of their mindset, in terms of like looking forward, not just lamenting on the failure of what happened at plans because spoilers are a very initialized saying, I feel yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. And there's stuff like, well, um, there's no LGL Academy system right now. What do we think about that? My soapbox, yes. And then uh, some more thoughts just to cap it off one last time about what we thought about the last couple of years of LGL International Representatives. And initialize, would you mind covering the last two parts? And arguably the, the last part is the most important part. <laughs> I mean, after that, we will see if we'll drop a few hot tips. Obviously, we're not doing full predictions this episode, guys. We'll be doing that next episode. But even so, we'll be dropping a few of our hints about some of the rosters we think are going to be really good, especially some of the ones you might not uh, expect if you've only Mm. been following casually. And after that, we've got quite a lot of questions, actually, from uh, our guys in the Discord. So we've got a lot to cover there. So some interesting ones coming up, particularly around meta and what we expect, how we expect it will apply to the LJL as a whole. Indeed. We've got a lot to go through here. So, gentlemen, let's get right into it. First things first, we've got huge news, especially for the LJL. We've got V3 roster collapsing alongside Sengoku, Crest Gaming Axis. We still don't know anything about. I think I've frozen. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to keep going anyway. We've we got the Hawks. Oh, perfect. And we've got Rascal Jester. Um, only Burning Core and Dead Nation folks, we really kept that. There's a lot to really go through here. There is. Um, so I guess the first big thing is what's the last LJL team that we saw play? Who's V3 at Worlds Plains? Um, They've lost quite a few members. Uh, not everyone has renewed their contracts. A lot of people moving elsewhere. And that means we're going to go see a very different V3 coming into this year. Yeah, I, I agree on that one. Uh, there's a little bit more to this. We'll recover a little bit later on as to what's gone on with the roster. But the fact that effectively only Ace has remained is kind of an eyebrow raiser, honestly. And yeah, and Reiner. Sorry, that's right. So, I mean, like, in fairness, Reiner was one of my MVP candidates for last split. He was genuinely amazing really really had a good showing on particularly things like set so i'm happy he stayed in ace um definitely has his strengths right he's a fantastic roma and the rest of it but it'll be interesting to see what's going on there uh, for sure i mean big no other names i mean sengoku who we know spent a lot of money on their roster has pretty much boomed completely Big-time. outside of nt who has stayed on the roster which is uh uh, well, granted, he is the man who has locked himself into third place minimum <laughs> every single time he started playing in the LJL um, and played with 
two to three different rosters now. Is that going to mm. be a continuation? That's going to be a big question for me coming moving forward Massively. for them. Crest Gaming Act, I mean, the big one, which we will talk about later, is obviously they're going to be around DFM and obviously the change that happened there. Axis just haven't given us anything. Lads. Nope. nope. They've lost no, their I, entire I, roster so far. Um, there are a couple of their members have gone elsewhere. So, you know, Gadiado's gone to Burning Core. I guess we'll touch on, touch on that a bit. Um, of course, some other members also finding place in the LJL. Not all of them yet, but we're go mm. not going to see the, the Miracle Run, the Princess of the LJL. Uh, making their way to the ballroom. The Cinderella story is not going to be there this year, at least not with those five members. Axes have signed no one as of this recording. Yeah, or at least no, none that they have revealed to us is, is perhaps more telling. They may well have people and they've just not announced their roster yet. So, I mean, that that is always the disconnect, right? Is when do we learn what people they've got? But either way, I mean, it's effectively 20 days until the first match as of recording right now. 23rd, I believe, is the first day of Eldale action. And so 10 Axis days. having a good... Sorry, you're right. Absolutely, it's ten days, not even twenty days. Uh, you're absolutely right. I can't do maths apparently. Um, <laughs> moment of madness. There, yes, ten days. It's like just over a week, even. That's not a lot of time to give us some answers. And assuming they must have a roster by that point, you would have to think. Or there's some serious alarm bells ringing. They're already ringing for us, frankly. Um, we also know their head coach left as well. So, like, yeah. so much must be changing there. It also recently came... Uh, no, no, that's for new exciting rumors and drama to talk about. I'm not going <laughs> to reveal the hand too early. Right, I want right, to... I want to keep that for a moment. But, I mean, the last two teams to really mention here is uh, the Hawks and Rascal Jester, lads. So, we talked about, obviously, axes and a couple other yeah, things. Yeah, I, I agree uh, that um, I've got to keep... <laughs> So the thing is that um, the Hawks ended up picking up Corporal from the Axis support role. This guy that we probably rated him top three support in the region. They came out with a really good um, yeah. debut debut year. So honestly, looking forward to what's going to happen with this Hawks roster because they've kept their core of uh, Tussle and Dasher in that mid-jungle duo. That's one of the better parts of that team, and of course, from the summer roster anyway. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what they do with also Aphaman coming in from Sengoku up into their top side, and then the bot lane, they picked up Zenit, who used to play in the region. They're back, and they're filling out this roster. Well, I mean, initialized Rascal Jester. That's a complete mix-up uh, mix now. We've got a rookie from the LJL scouting grounds. We've got um, a, a former pro player who retired, didn't play for a full split, has now rejoined in recap. And then we've got two CK uh, veterans, to a degree, you could argue, um, yeah. in the bot lane. That's, and, and then you've got the, the, the Papa... Hatcher Matcher, as I'm calling him now, because he's got a kid now, so I'm allowed to call him Papa, because I'm allowed, because that, that's how that works, I think. Yeah, what I, I'm, it's completely weird. It's it's a bit of an odd one in general, the fact that, you know, Rascal Jesters, particularly in spring, had a little bit of something to them. They were mad scientists in a way. They had Ninja in the them. mid lane, who was, you know, XWE, X. Gosh, TDK even. <laughs> that, I believe he was on that Renegades roster for a while. He's been around. He's been... To, to some fairly serious international tournaments. He's also not been there. You know, he was a bit of an interesting one. They had Art and Vivid in the bot lane, who were two of these veteran, excellent talents. Art, in particular, really impressed us. Uh, and then things kind of fell apart in summer, effectively with visa issues around COVID. Uh, and clearly coming into this year, they, they've kind of blown their roster up. And it's a little bit of a hard one to make to make a lot of. Obviously, Hatcher Matcher, we know and relatively highly rate. He's one of the better junglers in the region, at least one of the, the smarter ones. He's got some good early pathing to his name. Sol and Secret have both at points that had some 
fairly high-end experience. I mean, they've both been playing in the LCK at some point. It's not necessarily on the best rosters. So but I mean, at that, and up there, there comes a point, right, where you're just like, well, this is just a mishmash of players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, we've seen good things out of Sol and Secret before, but I don't know how they'll be on this roster. And Recap and Kinatu particularly, um, one's kind of a... An one's an unknown who's coming yeah. back and hasn't played in a while, and one's an unknown. Like, that's yeah. a risk, and especially in your solo lanes, like, mm. that could be troubling, especially against the top half of the league, hell, most of the league. So, a lot of question marks, and I definitely, we definitely have our worries, particularly around those solo lanes. Mm. I, I think also a thing, just to kind of cap off this whole, because okay. Lexi brought up with a, a really good point there, talking about it feels like a mishmash of players. That's going to be a really big thing in terms of my understanding of these teams before and of my analysis of these teams before heading into the spring split is what kind of identity do we think these teams are going to have? Some teams mm. like, spoilers, Sengoku are probably going to have a pretty clear identity that they're, they're going to be very aggressive, probably. Um, whereas Rascal Jester, kind of hard to tell. You don't know whether they instinctively fit together as a team. So that's going to be really interesting to see how all these teams shake up on a more, you know, feel f feeling it out level absolutely yeah there's a there's a lot of different layers in which these teams and how they're going to cross over their macro their style their gameplay mm. um cultural identity or what within the team itself there's going to be a lot of questions moving through and we're going to because of this we know what two of these teams are going to be like really we know what burning core we know what dfm we're not going to touch on them too much because we're going to talk about them in the next episode as initialized already said but coming into 2021 we're all looking at six of the eight teams like ah uh, i think it's gonna be like this but we'll have to figure it out i'm gonna very quickly rally you ladies and gentlemen listeners out there some of them well through a full list of who's left the ljl now there is an asterisk we don't know um anything from axis as we've already made clear so i might say a few names in this episode and the next episode we have a roster so just please be aware from axis we haven't got any placement for natsume hogler unyan and day one for burning core yujo and rocky rocky hasn't come back yujo has just been let go cga unica slash yoshi both the junglers that were well, one of them was a rookie one of them had played around in the ojo for a while nothing about them at the moment for dfm we know Off Air has left, but that was partly oh, due to actually uh, On Air. My apologies. Oh, he's now Off Air. <laughs> he's now <laughs> Off Air. Um, he did, we do know that that happened partly due to actually him getting married and wanting to get married before COVID hit. And his plan was Congrats. to do a bit of both. But congratulations over to him. And we do know some of the substitutes over for DFM have left as well. Uh, for the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks Gaming. Oh, man, it feels good to say that about um, we got Adam, <laughs> Honey, and Pooh have all been let go. Um, as we know, Honey and Pooh were rookies coming into this. Uh, so pretty sad adamic had played around a bit uh was less of a rookie but still pretty new to it so sad to see that uh rascal justice pink has been let go uh a mid laner that actually did show some promise but we don't we're not sure what's going to happen with him uh art uh nagi ninja and vivid are all missing in action at the moment and we don't know anything about them sengoku gaming we have lost blank period and yutori muashi and for v3 we have boogie and archer there's a lot of big names gentlemen mm. i want you to start keying in on some of the bigger names you want to make a note of oh sure um I think the big one for me, generally speaking, is like we mentioned it before that Sengoku cashed out last year. Uh, and three of those massive names were two ex-SKT players. Hell, Blank was a world champion with them. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a ridiculous mid-jungle duo. And then also Yutoro Miyashi was effectively royalty in the AD carry position here mm -hmm. in the LJL. Um, he was Yutapon's rival. He was the second best best AD carry for a long time, even in the last year. He had a rough summer split. It wasn't the best bit ever, but... 
he was genuinely still looking very, very talented. Yeah. And he's decided to call it a day. Um, and I think in general, there's been a lot of our top AD carry players have stepped away this split. We've lost Utori, we've lost a couple yeah. others, yeah. and that's a big loss for us. I think it's it's worth again. <laughs> again, we won't spend all this time on, on all the players, but I think particularly for Utori Miyashi, who has been, as Sam said, amongst the upper echelons of the LGL Thailand, both in terms of skill and also affection towards this player. He's got a great fan base. Um, it was so huge for the LGL. So losing this guy, and remember, you said you said he was um, a rival to Utapon. Remember, Utapon's role swapped down into AD Carry. Ut yeah. uh, Utori Miyashi was kind of like the, the best AD Carry in the region uncontested but before then really um so i think his spring split wonderful uh, summer was not obviously what he wanted it to be it's very sad to see him go though and sangaku will be uh left a bit sad with that yeah yatori honestly was royalty and if potentially gentlemen we have been covering more we would do a bit more of a bigger send-off like a video or something mm. but uh for us we we know of his history but we don't crew we didn't live it sadly no, but uh not. You can still respect your elders going through. Great Smash Brothers song, by the way. Respect <laughs> Keck W. Um, if, you, if you know it, you know it. Um, Pyrian is also a pretty interesting one. He's now a free agent and still hasn't been picked up. We know LCK has started today of recording. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely uh, interesting. And Blank, uh, well, he's now on KT roster. So congratulations over to him. Yeah, and like... We saw him over in Casper in Cup as well, and he looked pretty Did good, it? frankly. Yeah. Like, he was pulling off some, some nut stuff on Lee Sin and the like. So, uh, yes, KT have a little bit to prove with, with the rest of the team. And I know they had a, a rough start to the season today, but, you know, Blank himself has got another chance as a starting jungler in the LCK. And, you know, Wait, do we, when he's had the chance, he's done pretty Do well. we see him on that roster? I thought he played an All Star. I, I don't know whether we've oh, actually seen him. Oh, was KT it All Star? Yet. Sorry. Yeah. You he played on the LGL right. All Stars, which. And That's where it was. You're right. Thank Blank, you. Yeah. Blank, Oops, wrong one. Yeah. But anyway, I really hope Blank tears it up in the LCK because he had a real resurgence over in the LGL. I know obviously his 2018 split on um, on, on SKT was not great. Um, mm. You know, he didn't have the best send-off from that team, but Blank had a really good resurgence here. We, and we, we loved watching him play. So to see him go, uh, we send him off with the best intentions. And he did spend a full year and a half in the region, so it's kind of not surprising that it's now paying off a little bit in dividends for that. And I'm not trying to shade any players that have gone against that. And weirdly enough, we're going on to Archer and Boogie Gentlemen, because uh, we have to. We're not going to talk about too much around that, but uh, this is a big blow. Archer was seen as one of the most promising AD carries, especially at Worlds. You had the mm -hmm. Met Lights of... of um, uh, Yamamoto Kanan praising um, Archer yeah. and his ability. Um, and Boogie was, well, while he did, had a disappointing Worlds performance, really, um, regardless, he changed the LJL straight up just through what he did. His Lilia destroyed the region. As soon as that champion was out, um, <laughs> it was permanently banned away from him, effectively. Um, he had such a wide champion pool for the jungle player across that year. He was, um, yeah, and and every single pick he could make work. He It was the kind of thing where, like, in spring, he struggled to find what champions his team needed because um, he could play everything. But as soon as he found, as soon as his team kind of, like, adapted and integrated this player into the roster, they were completely unstoppable. And in summer, they took home the crowns. And largely, that was due to Boogie. I think I have two kind of uh, moments of sadness when it comes to Boogie, really. One, that he never really got to prove how great he was on the international stage at Worlds. Um, you know, obviously, he still hasn't. Didn't have the best showing there. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's a bit of a blow for him, I'm sure. Because actually, he was genuinely very, very good. So just 
in terms of how smart he was, not just beyond his mechanics and that and the rest of it, which, which, which was a little bit of a shame we didn't get to see that on the international station. Two, he never got to pull out his Evelyn, which I was like dying for him to pull out at some point. This guy was a, is a genius Evelyn player, and he just never mm. pulled it out, even when she came into meta. And for me, that was a really sad moment. <laughs> It really was. I mean, notable other players that we haven't got here anymore is obviously Art, Ninja, and Vivid uh, are all currently missing. We we went digging because um, there was rumors that potentially they're on military leave or um, yeah. they had been held up due to COVID restrictions. But all of that within reason now should have passed. If they weren't playing the LJL, they should be in Japan. So unless mm. they're playing on Axis at this point... They're not going to be here. And Vivid was a Japanese resident, which is the big commodity that that if he's yeah. not on Axis and they don't have a three Korean roster, that's wild. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Uh, I, I, it was it was also being like on some of the top teams in the LJR. Like he has been people like DFM. Like he's been on V3. Like he's been around and about and been very very good. He's paired with Yutora Mayashi. He's paired with art like some of the best AD carries and looks generally speaking on things like Northwest and like generally pretty good it wasn't the easiest year with rascal jesters but you'd think it wouldn't destroy his reputation entirely um Heck, what was, and he certainly the wasn't the weakness for, wasn't it the bot lane for 2019 summer right. in, in the finals you know against DFS, yeah. so the v3 team versus was. wasn't that uh, yeah, exactly. actually in vivid um, they, yeah, they, they were exactly. they were very strong in that split too Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and the other things, like, again, we talked about Archer, but Art as well not being reached. That's a third top tier AD carry. Hell, mm. our top four AD carries from last year, I think, if we speak about it, lads, is what? Utapon, Utomayashi, yep. Archer, yep. and Art. Three of them yep. are now gone, as far as we can tell. Uh, one's retired, and yeah. two aren't, don't have a team right now. Gango's in and amongst them, but, but not, sure, not top three, but, but maybe, maybe four or fifth, yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely going to be a huge change. Are there any quick names that you just want to rattle off here and just give them a little bit more of a note? Obviously, I've already said um, huge change of rookie players just getting in their first opportunity and then kind of thrown to a side. I will be coming to that topic very moment, uh, very briefly, but late, far later in the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been a huge fan of Perian in, in, in 2020. I think that as a mid laner, he had really good fundamentals is the word that we used to have the entire year. He was just very good at all the basics. Um, Biggie, we talked about uh, more than enough throughout the entire year. Going to be sad to see him gone. Art, man, I, I really hope that Art gets picked up because he's one of the best AD carries in the region again. Uh, honestly, everyone that we mentioned, obviously, we put them there for a reason. I guess the other one is is uh, the, the the coaches of On Air. We talked about them leaving and Zandark mm -hmm. leaving. I wish we got to see them stick around a bit longer. Uh, Zandark being one of the the the, the um, he's a Korean coach who came over um, and coached for the yeah. Hawks. Would really like to see these guys put down their roots and see if they could. Um, instill some kind of ideologies within the LJL scene but of course now we won't get to see that from those two individuals so it's sad to see them go yeah uh, I think perhaps a bit of a shout I'm sure Lexi will talk about the rookies later on but I think it's been a, it's a little bit sad to see some of the rookies kind of thrown to the wolves and then immediately dropped I think like yeah you do obviously burning core I, yeah exactly I mean obviously burning core picked up Gary and I think that's a sensible call but I think it is a little bit sad to see that UGO is not around anywhere but that speaks a little bit to the fact there's not the greatest developmental scene in the in the LJL either. So there's lots of stuff around there. So I, I think a poor one out for the rookies, I think, is perhaps I would say. So to Aramek Poo, honey, Yujo uh, and some of the others I'm obviously not Pink. mentioning right here. The guy that got Drinky. really screwed over. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> he was not ready. No. He got he Alas. Was so screwed, it's... and I feel so bad. He, he played uh, Katarina and Malzahar. That's, that's, yeah. which is, oh, uh, alas, that was, alas. that was a trip, I tell you. 
Um, yeah, at least at least like you said, initialize. He had the moment where he got the double kill on DFM, and it was solo. And they can never take that away from him. Yeah, they lost yeah, that game, but at least he still gets the that highlight was, moment. Was. Was. Is anyone else hearing random bits of Benny Hill theme music going on? <laughs> Just well, let's. Let's run away from Benny Hill, and that's actually on a more um, positive note, gentlemen. Let's quickly talk about a few of the players that have been joined that are going to be filling that void of players leaving or just not available anymore in the LJL. In the case of Utori Ashi. we've got Crash Mujin Kasin, who was AKA Big Shot uh, or was the DRX rookie. Uh, we've got Hollow Zenit uh, Milan, who's a rookie from the LJL Scouting Grounds. Uh, Nehion, I don't quite Nehion. think I'm pronouncing. Oh, it wasn't too bad. We got to continue yeah, as well uh, for the top lane of Rascal Jester. There's there's a bunch of new players, both pseudo like experienced or having lots of experience, or um, they're brand new rookies, really. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think the the big name for me is of course Crash coming into the region. Because I I remember. I mean, I, I was a huge LCK fan back in like. 2014 so i started watching probably late in 2014 2015 mm. through 16 17 i think i watched about every pro game there was in the major region so i saw crash's debut i think it was on the longju team back then very aggressive jungler um hopefully carrying on in the same line as someone like peak blank who's just left the region and of course boogie who's just left us too so i'm really hoping crash will bolster some of the jungle talent here to jump on that, Mujin is also joining, and Mujin, in Boogie's career, they had almost identical careers. The only difference is Mujin had done everything that Boogie couldn't do. Oh, when we got, when I mean it, it's we're talking. Mujin was the last, was a part of the last roster for the Flash Wolves that actually made it to Worlds. Boogie came in and they couldn't do it. So I mean, jungle diff, right? Mujin's just better, right? Right? Just don't change. I mean, V3 pick up another Flash Wolves jungler. He's another Korean Flash Wolves jungler. And as far as we know, from what I remember of Mujin and what we've seen of him when he was on the international stage, has been relatively impressive. He's he's in a similar sort of aggressive vein, like having a look over some of the things he's played as well. Like this guy's played a lot of different champions over his times as well. Looks like a pretty exciting pickup, and you know we should be sad Boogie's not around, at least from like competitive point of view. But you know he's another Lee Sin God, he's another Nidalee God. You know he's someone to at least keep our eyes on. <laughs> and then we've got the end of this trifecta of junglers coming in. Cause there's this name Cassin, also known as Big Shot, who was on the DRX rookie squad, um, mm -hmm. has come over to the LGL to make that uh, make their time in the big leagues, or at least in the LGL. You know, I mean it's 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 not Korean challenger, it's not. Um, the, it's not the LCK, but of course, a great many pros have managed to find their resurgence here or find their foot in the door. So Cassin, when we've talked about so many of these junglers leaving the region, might find himself a bit of a wedge to put in that aforementioned door. Indeed, he could literally follow the boogie roadmap of go, go to the LJL, start your career, <laughs> go to another region, go to the next tier, come back to the LJL, then go to Worlds. Like that, that, that's Boogie's career. He joined the LGL and actually made a staple for himself. So uh, mm. hopefully that's a start of better things to come and the jungle role won't fall into a weird place. We've got a few other players, but we'll, I'm sure we'll be covering them in more detail later in date, especially talking about next week's episode where guess what ladies and gentlemen if you think this is going to be a short one next week's is going to be a far longer one so just get that's why we're trying to keep this on the roll uh gentlemen the revolving door the ljr does have a problem somewhat 
with a revolving door. We don't seem to be able to keep hold of a lot of our talent, the, the talent that we can keep, while some of it is just the top of the cream of the crop. Um, some of it we just kind of lose, and it's like, that's really bad for the development of our region. Yeah, I think it tends to be that the top two, maybe three teams tend to keep some of their roster. DFM, for example, have kept a lot of their players. Um, but particularly when it comes to imports, this is kind of like, it's one of two things. Either rookie players looking to make a name for themselves from Korea, or it's players who are or were good but had a rough split and haven't got picked up, looking to get some you know first-team experience in a league where they've got money and kind of remake a name for themselves looking to move on. So people like Blank and Pyrian came over, right? Blank actually was over here for a couple of years. But now he's got an offer to go back to the LCK and hell he's going to take that. And that does become a bit of a problem is when we do kind of rely relatively heavily on a fair amount of Korean talent. If that Korean talent then gets picked up for bigger and better things, they tend to leave without too much yeah. of a look back and they come with a price tag. Except for one very specific mid laner who we will definitely go on in a moment. In a moment, sorry, but Nymera, <laughs> please go. Please go. I'm I'm teasing I'm a... you. I'm sorry. I'm I'm teasing you so much. Right, no. So uh, do you want me to save that one for later or do you want me to? Yes, please, okay, please. Cool. Yeah, no, what I was saying is effectively like it's kind of what I was saying about on air and Zandark leaving. It just stops a lot of teams from putting down roots, and that doesn't just apply to the coaches and their yeah. ideologies and how they build up. It's also the players and, and the legacies they leave, I guess, because um, the LGL is not an ERL. It doesn't have an ERL system like Europe. It doesn't get to churn out ridiculous amounts of talent from mm. a, a large player base of, of players. So the LGL losing players um, and then also importing a lot of Korean talent, which aren't really looking to stay a lot of the time, it does become a bit of a problem. However... We thought 2020 was a real big step up in terms of the LGL's talent. Um, I actually think that even though World's Plans was a bit meh, obviously, there's there's a lot to build on from that. Uh, and looking forward, hopefully this new wave of talent coming in should still bolster us, even though the revolving door uh, raises some issues with us. Yeah, really? I mean, like, before we go too much further as well, I have a quick point as well. Is like, there is also a bit of an issue in terms of why does this keep happening? Is The other thing is, um, like a, every other minor region aside from VCS and PCS um, they're not necessarily the same kind of level as us anyway, I mean, they, they are that kind of half step to a step ahead Two um, slots of worlds They get two slots of worlds, we only get the one uh, and, and that does mean that it is it is you get everything or nothing when it comes to the LJL uh, and that means that if your roster does not succeed you don't get to worlds you don't get to those international tournaments, you don't get the money and stuff that comes involved with that and that does mean that rosters are kind of built to succeed yeah. for that year a lot of times um, at least for you know, at least the organisations with money try to do that, and that does mean if they don't succeed, it's like, well, we're not here to grow, we're here to win, and there's only one spot that allows you to win. It's not like you can aim for third or second. It's not sure. like you can try and climb your ways up to that. So yeah, that kind I, of but that's hyper competitiveness just, for winning does mean that we just blow up a roster sometimes. But that is just being an emerging region. Like that—that yeah, that is kind of it. You have yeah. to prove yourself, and there is definitely a system like the VCS where if you prove yourself on the stage, you'll get a slot. Mm. It's, it's also a big thing in the ERLs where, mm. again, mentioning back to them, so a big point with them, and I think it was 
the Mad Lions coach, or the ex-coach of Mad Lions, he's now moved over to... Peter Dunn, yeah. yeah. Peter Dunn, mm. who was mentioning it, saying, well, the, the, it might be them, might be attributing it to someone else, um, but he was saying, well, you know, the thing with the ARL is very quick to give spots to rookies or to new players, but they get one year, or one split. Mm -hmm. If they get that, they get. if they don't do anything in that time, they, they just kind of get chugs, right? We've seen that with a couple mm -hmm. of people who've made, like, one or two LEC appearances and then just kind of get sent back into the meat grinder of the lower regions. Um, the LGL definitely feels like that at times, too. It is very much uh, single swim. But with sinking or swimming always comes rumors and drama along the way. And gentlemen, first things first, let's start at the very, very top. Um, this isn't a rumor anymore. This is confirmed with a video. DFM's roster madness, uh, Kazu, their head coach or former head coach, is now joining the ranks for the third time in his career to play support. Um, but alongside that, go on Nightmare. I'll let so, you do the big announcement for the podcast. So, so, so why is this important? It's because Kazu is a Japanese resident, which opens up, at least for the spring split, because Steel's becoming a resident later in the year, uh, for DFM to have another Korean import and one of my favorite players in the league. Just so happens to be one of those. It's the mid laner Aria, formerly of Crest Gaming Act, has joined Stab Nation Focus Me, and this is one of the hugest roster moves in LGL history, make no mistake. Yeah, big time. I mean, I mean, I mean like, that's, the way to, that's the way to think about it, isn't it, I think, guys? It is a huge roster move, and, and part of that as well as they have kept Gang, and I know Gang is widely regarded as potentially the best support in the region. Hell, one of the best players in the region. I know Maple Street, for example, quite a famous... Uh, I'll, I'll go to on go the region. Yeah, exactly. he's one of those people who's quite vocal on Twitter and stuff. Really rates Gang. He thinks he's top two in the region. Um, alongside, I want to say, who does he think? Aria, is it? He thinks he's the other one. No. Rhino, is it Rhino here? No, I think no, no, the, Aria the top says two the top players. two players in the region. Oh, Aria, right, so, sure. So, yeah. so, so it's not even just within his role. Like, he, he mm -hmm. really rates him. Like, there's a few other analysts in a very similar mindset. And... They basically said, okay, we want to play with Aria. We also want to play with Gang. How do we manage this and still have a budget to work with? So they basically got Gang on retainer. And he's just not going to play until summer. So they've got Kazu in for spring so they can have Aria in the roster. They've still got Seros signed as well. So there's this whole conversation about, well, are we going to get Seros and Gang? Are we going to get Aria and Kazu? Is Seros going to maybe try and play some? Oh, we'll get his karma down there. Like, so much madness to go on there. We have no idea how it's going to work out, particularly for spring, because there's a lot of talent here. It's I, I believe in the Aria Blitzcrank. It's what Faker does, right? <laughs> just, just, yeah. No, 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 no. He count. No, Blitzcrank is the only thing that counters Aria. Oh, that True. one that, 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 is it. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't beat it, join it. That's exactly it. Become the thing you swore to destroy. I mean, this is a huge thing, as we've already really said. Um, Aria, um, I think part of the reason, personally, why DFM probably made a big statement like this with Arya is we know that he was very active in behind the scenes in helping V3 um, in Korea with finding uh, scrimming partners, uh, with helping Ace just get better at playing and they, he was watching. It was very aware publicly that Arya was heavily Good invested camping. into yeah. not just um, V3 doing well as an organization, but the LJL getting represented and okay. it was, um, I think, something like that where He's kind of making a statement going, I believe in this region. And maybe this team won't make it there, but I believe that this region can be there. And if I have to do it myself, I'll do it. 
And, yeah. well, I mean, he's got the chops, really. And I, he was arguably, I think, in our all-star team, he was the mid laner. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. For me, there wasn't really a... a um, for me, it was more of a question of where do I put him in overall players rather than just players in mid lane. Because, sure. he, he yeah. I mean, we'll talk we'll talk about Arya so much in this split because I'm on the team of, of our little broadcast and I love this player so much. He had a really good 2020, both spring and summer, even mm. though... Um, Crest Gaming out to the team struggled. They really struggled at points. Their summer, they had a really good run of form. They ended up finishing uh, third, I believe it was. Yes, and, almost uh, second for the longest time. They were second, uh, and they dropped down to third for the uh, uh, that last week. Top. But they they were a team which was largely Canaria carriers, and most of the time was a definitive yes. So we'll have to see how he slots mm. into DFM. And again, we won't go too much into that in the time uh, to, uh, that now because uh, we only have so much time. We do indeed. I just want to confirm for people, the belief is out there that uh, Kazu and Arya, as initially I said, will be a pair, um, and Siros uh, and Gang will be a pair. Uh, we don't know how often they're going to be playing. We don't know much more about that, but uh, I believe a question has been asked about that for our own opinion, so we'll get into that a little bit later, gentlemen. Our next one is a bit spicier. It this is, is actually yeah. a little bit of drama that's uh, made aware. We will keep um, any of our sources oblivious. Um, uh, anonymous. Anonymous, thank you. I was like, oblivious. And I was like, that's not the term. But I mean, maybe <laughs> it, it, it in the bus, just don't let them know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is uh, the rise of nepotism in the LJL, oh. specifically around the AD carry role. Mm. Um, this is dedicated to one player who we're going to just kind of dance around a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there is um, definitely a rise of nepotism in the LJL. And I think that partly, personally, gentlemen, makes sense. We've got a rotating door where pe those that get to stick around, they really stick a flag into the ground and go, no, I'm here, fuck off. And that that's it. Yeah. So again, like um, this is a common sentiment within the scene because we've seen a couple of players, uh, not just in the LJL, not just in the LJL, in league, in league in general. Of course, like there are a couple of teams. In esports. Yeah. No. And, and of course, like there is every chance that this is. Um, there are a couple of times where you, someone isn't on a roster and you think, hang on, they're not very good, or wait, why why are they be giving a chance here when X player is available or whatever. And sometimes that it's about a lot back, in CS:GO. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's about backroom, um, it, like terms of like, locker room atmosphere and stuff yep. like that. That's not something which we overstate. Sometimes it's their <laughs> roles within a team house in terms of how they slot into the team and uh, X Y Z. But sometimes it is people just like the player as a person, and therefore they get a bit of an easy pass. Um, so we've heard we, we've heard this from a couple of people uh, about a couple of players, and I think uh, the one we're mainly talking about is um, was is, is Burning Cause Yuhi. He's mm. had a very difficult 2020, and he's back for 2021 in the roster. Yep. And we had a lot of questions about him. We you know we tone it down on broadcast because we want to be fair to people. We don't want to just be assholes. Yuhi kind of sucked a lot of the time. Oh, let's be real. If they listen to our podcast, we flamed him yeah. for a good yeah, five yeah. minutes at well, one point well, after. Like, we were like, well done in playoffs. You finally woke up. Good job. Yeah. Where the fuck was that for most of this? Yeah. Praise that for what it's worth. Had a really good playoff series mm. versus DFM. They lost, but actually, he was like, oh, actually had a really good couple of games on Ash. Um, doesn't really shine a good light on the rest of the year, though, when he was losing lane to pretty much everyone on most picks. Yeah, uh, and let, let's make this clear. The guy is now into his third year of competitive play, and his 2018 and 2019 weren't all that impressive. Frankly, his 2020, he was often a liability on the squad. Um, he was basically able to play a Thalios and Ash to some extent, and everything else felt like a risk. 
he had a great playoff series versus DFM, make no mistake, and that was good to see, but the consistency really wasn't there. Um, and that means there's, there's kind of a lot he has to prove in the next year. He has to prove he is worthy of the starting spot on Vernicle. He has to prove he is worthy of being here in the LJL. He's got to prove that these rumours are just that, that they are rumours. And I do want to stress that um, while this is coming somewhat from behind the scenes, uh, it is effectively rumours. We do not have confirmation. We don't have uh, access to any of the Burning Core staff members or anything like that. We're just kind of saying it as far as what we can see going around the community and what we've kind of seen from our own players saying, well, you, he struggled, he's still on the team and there's rumours that perhaps he, you know, should, is there for, for reasons that perhaps aren't necessarily to do with his performance. Um, and if he wants to shake those rumours he needs to step up yeah i mean yuhi has been kind of babysat by proud for the last year who was in their own right was having an incredible performance um crazy as well was once and ray farky and 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 for all the flack we have given you joe he replaced uh rocky who was a big shoes to fill and he didn't find job doing it it wasn't amazing but it it, yeah. it was worthwhile it did okay against siros and, and that's a veteran when it comes into it huge shoes to step in he tried his absolute best and i would argue that's the reason why I, like Yu-Gi-Oh might have been thrown away because they're like well uh Yu-Gi-Oh didn't work out uh but we're gonna keep yuki yuki's a pr proven player but it's like, well, is he really? If you just look at the raw stats on Game of Legends or any other website, you're going to see he was close to almost the lowest, if not the lowest, in a lot of important parts. But if you look at the isolated part of the DFM series, man, he popped off and he had one of the best playstyles. Yeah, yeah, you, could, you could look at that series and think, oh, what are you talking about? But I mean, there was like one week in spring where Jinx Lissandra came in and everyone was like, wow, is this the new combo? Um, and we saw, <laughs> yeah, and we saw like, um, I think I think it was, I think Yuhi was on one of those teams that was playing it. Actually, I think it was Axis that was playing it. Anyway, there were, it, it was in this kind of, we raised a, we, we put a microscope onto a lot of the AD carries playing the Jinx in this kind of situation. Be like, okay, what's mm. your positioning like? And that kind of raised a lot of position, a lot of um, questions rather about a lot of the AD carries and how they were doing in team fights. And when we did that to Yuhi, it didn't look good. So yeah. from both the stats and, you know, our own subjective analysis of it, we had a lot of questions. He's still in. So we, this is not a good look for Burning Core as an org for yeah. us really yeah no really? especially as burning core kept so many of their other parts it's like mm. that's the part you want to keep outside of what we've already sure. identified it's like fair enough yeah. the org is allowed to do what they want to do at the end of it so yeah. like he is a japanese resident and that's a big deal but you know um yeah i mean that, that 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 may well play a part into it but we have to hope he is there because they see something in this player that perhaps we don't um but he has to step up and show it, and he has to kind of kick these rumours that it's nepotism that's keeping him there in the ass, really. Exactly. Uh, but let's not stay on that too long, because we actually mm -hmm. have, con well, less confirmed, but it's more confirmed, really, through what's happened. Boogie and Archer have left the LJL. Now, if you look over on their Leakpedia pages or anywhere where you track the pros, we know that Boogie is now playing in the LLA, I think, yes. right? Um, but Archer has been and is still teamless, and he's a free agent with uh, the LCK and CK now starting. He's not a part of any of those squads over in Korea. The LJL is soon to be starting and still nothing there. Yeah. And a lot of his tweets and stuff around on the internet of most recently, which was about last year now, um, well, almost well over a month and a half ago now, 
um, was in Japanese and Korean. So uh, let's talk about what happened. So at the end of Worlds, uh, Boogie and Archer returned with the team to Japan. It is then made out. We have no confirmation, mm -hmm. but it's made out that um, Boogie and Archer refused to do contracted uh, appearances after their world's appearances. This is partly to do with the fact that V3 are an organization that are owned by the university, uh, owned by a university. I can't remember oh, the name of it off the yeah. top of my head, but they are, an, um, they are funded purely through that. And it's when they were looking for their academy rosters and new team thing that came up uh, about three months ago. Now um, it was all, they had to sign up to the school in part to join their yeah, uh, academy owned system. by Kobe um, High Tech School. That's it. Yes, thank you. Um, so, airline college as well, by the looks of it, interestingly. Um, so V3 um, said you needed to make um, an appearance with the mayor of the local constituency, who congratulated V3 on making worlds. Um, they also said you needed to uh, do a TV or kind of recording appearance, and you also had to do an appearance at the school itself. Um, it's believed that Archer and Boogie didn't do any of this. And if you want to check out any of V3's um, interviews and everything, the moment you see Paz stop doing them is when their contract also had expired. Paz did his contractual obligations and then left V3, uh, apparently on very good terms because mm -hmm. of everything, but considering everything. Um, he was also partly the person that brought um, the team together. So apparently it was very good for him uh but archer and boogie obviously boogie started his career in the ljl really he got he made a name for himself before going to the pcs um and archer was a rookie with huge expectations placed upon him he rose to those uh went to worlds had a disappointing performance but obviously everyone was still very high on his ability mm. honestly Archer uh, was probably the player with the best average performance out of the whole v3 lineup actually. yeah so again <laughs> he had himself an okay international showing compared to the rest of the players on v3 yeah, and with that, with them not signing to do any of the agreements, it's believed that uh, Boogie was kind of like, lol, I'm not doing any of that, and kind of pieced out, expecting to receive a lot more offers. Um, after only getting really a few other minor region ones, it seems like he went over to the LLA because it was the most appealing. Um, it also happened to be the spot where Jose Diodo um, yeah. actually has now gone over to the LCS. He's now taken yeah. his old spot, and I think the idea for Boogie, and now he's like, well, now I have an idea to get myself to a major region. Apparently, Korea's mm -hmm. not interested in me. I'll go a different way. Mm -hmm. Archer has been left to the wolves by Boogie, and it's really sad to see this whole thing play out. Yeah, yeah it is because uh, you know we were talking about um, we were talking about what's gonna call it uh, in terms of this, the whole nepotism thing, right? Um, mm. Relationships with teams, with orgs, with various personalities within them, and the mm -hmm. respect that you show them is gonna carry a lot of weight, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna mm -hmm. shirk responsibilities, according to to you know these are and again like this is coming from like behind the scenes to some people reporting it or tweeting or whatever then that's been translated to us it's like three or four different ways it can go yeah. wrong but yeah okay it's, 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 Chinese it, it, that, yeah. It, yeah if it has come across as the fact that you know that it was a disrespectful thing to do that's gonna weigh pretty heavily in the ljl um which plus is, any coaches that get talked to and exactly. everything else right yeah. and we know that because there's this whole revolving door there's a lot of close um ties between a lot of the teams because there are so many frequent um changes between them so so yeah we it is going to probably weigh upon these players careers quite heavily if they were going to plan to keep going on in the lgl and that's that's a real shame because they have impacted our league so much yeah not, not to dwell on it too much more 
but uh, I mean, if it, it kind of hurts as well. You know, in, maybe you might have gotten away with that in Europe or the, or, or maybe in North America, I think where, that's it, fair. It, yeah. where it's a little bit more individual. But actually, respect for your company, respect for your contracts and, and your elders is a big deal in Japan. Hell, it's a big deal in Korea. And avoiding those contractual obligations allegedly really doesn't look good. And especially um, for for kind of two foreigners in there, you're, you're taking up an import slot. It does not look good. And it kind of looks like you're snubbing the LJL Japanese well, culture the, the, in general. There's, there's also the other chat. There's also the other chance that, of course, they they've left because they felt they were hard done. Yeah, by and absolutely. Then, and then the the people left with the microphone are the people who are on the team, so they yeah, come out with that message. So either way. <laughs> It's probably, Eddie, either way, the thing that we can probably say from all this is that they've not left on good terms, and that means that it's going to be hard for them no. to continue a career in the LJL. That's what we actually know. Well, yeah. that's exactly. what that's what we can more safely assume without putting yeah, exactly. any, any blame yeah. anywhere. That's massively true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there are other bits going around there, but the rest of that is very much kind of hearsay. So as far as we know, they, they've got in, there's been some discord there between them and the, the various mm. organizations. I mean... To round it up, it's just sad that it ended like this, mm -hmm. and that it was just um, God. If if they had just done the interviews, I understand it would have been just extra week or two. Trains. And the problem is, I understand during COVID and everything else, things are very stressful. But mm -hmm. it's uh, hey, uh, it, it happened, and those bridges have definitely now been burnt, at least with V three for the moment. And obviously, as we have said before, access haven't announced their lineup there yeah, is a chance that archer could be picked up by them archer and vivid, please I, I mean that'd be <laughs> great and then axis suddenly looked like they could actually be fighting for a spot but with us now announcing everything that's been happening we won't be bringing this top these topics up too often but it is worth of note to bring you some of the ljl news from a bit wider field that we now we normally do do gentlemen now that we've seen all of the changes and everything what are we looking forward to seeing? What are we hopeful to see? Who do we think is going to pull it off? And where do we think things are going in the future? Uh, okay. Get so I think the, the big thing is that it has been effectively two worlds in a row. Those were the last two international events that didn't look particularly great for the LJL. Uh, yeah. And part of the frustration there has been that our teams have gone and we've said, hey, there's, you know, people like Verdius and stuff. Hey, these guys have got something to them. The, the, you know, good macro sense along with some decent micro. Um, the problem is they've then kind of, once they've hit that international stages, they've stopped playing the style we've known them for. And yeah. it was really true of V3. And what are we hoping to see change is that actually people come back once again and they, they follow that old school uh, Yamato Cannon speech and say, play your style and please take what you've taken and go and play it this time. Um, V3 kind of did it for one game, tried it a second, lost, and then panicked, it felt like, at World mm. 2020. Uh, and I really want to see that change. I wanted to see that not be the case in 2021, whoever goes. So so what I'm hoping to see change is um, confidence. And that, mm. comes from, that comes in a, in a different a couple of ways, right? Because I think if we look at both dfm and then also in terms of 20 their 2019 world's performance and then also um, v3 in um 2020 um yeah. bluntly the ljl lane has just got out laned um, yeah they did uh, they did particularly seros in 2019 every was solo killing Vizachachi, someone mm -hmm. who was really good yeah. in 2019 i mean he went on to to dumpster fpx in one of those games in group stage right so um so dfm had some good performances but particularly there's always like one lane that would fall apart if we look at now 
particularly the uh, DFM, their roster that they've got coming in, um, they have the strongest lanes in the region that we can really tell. Oh, yeah. Because, um, uh, again, of course, V3 had a lot of... Uh, Ace, in particular, again, struggled quite a lot internationally. So hopefully Ari will be bucking that trend. And then having a team in the region which is so strong at laning and, and then uses that as a confidence point, right? Again, going back to that point, hopefully it will increase the entire region's ability to level up their laning game mm. and then use that as a platform to do well internationally. So that's my thing to change. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem you will experience with that is when you are the best, you've got to try and find other challenges externally yeah. and obviously the, the, the DFM team will have that. Problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it will definitely bring up the LGL. And if and if DFM are so good for so long, for like a full year, they're, mm. they're, they are de facto one of the best similar to what we saw from b3 um the region started to just look more and more competitive right hopefully that's the idea yeah absolutely and i like I, like and especially for things like worlds right like i, I kind of have this race and i know you guys share it it's basically that look you must be this tall to ride the world's roller coaster and yeah. if your laning stats don't hit that height requirement don't hit that mechanical requirement then there does become two obvious weaknesses for the best teams from around the world to exploit you uh, you might be able to cover it up regionally because you know that you can cover up those weaknesses because you know the other players aren't as good aren't as talented aren't can't punish it punish you as hard that's just not true on an international stage and bringing up your mechanical level to then be able to show off your macro uh, muscles on top of that is a great call that all assumes someone like dfm goes but if they if they you know well if they don't go then someone's shown they can be them, so exactly and that's what we're hoping Pretty. for basically yeah I mean, there's a few different things that we could be expecting. It's, it's. Hmm. Where do you think it's correct for people to set their expectations? Uh, we had high expectations coming into 2020, and they were thoroughly dashed. So, uh, I, 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 <laughs> that's I, why I asked yeah, the question. I, I, it, I have to say, looking at the talent moving out, I don't think the overall level of the region is increased at best it's like a net even i guess in terms of the talent going in and out we have this whole like we've we've kind of nucleated a lot of talent into dfm they are they are the lgl super team they always kind of were but they definitely are now yeah, they weren't before so um after v3 bombed out of, of plans we effectively i was saying okay if we're going to make it internationally it has to be aria plus plus dfm i think mm. that's that's the roster i think which would, which, would, which would do i even have the receipts and the tweets to show that so you can go <laughs> find them on my twitter but I, I think in terms of expectations i think they it's hard to say keep them high but keep in mind that this is probably the best laning talent as opposed to any other lgl team that we've sent in the past that we've we've ever done so that, that's that's the expectation we should come into yeah. good laning but We'll see how that works against another UOL team or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. God. We have to just hope that it works out that time round. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have hope, I think, things, but it's a little bit more tempered this time out. We kind of saw the strengths of people like V3 and kind of undersold the weaknesses. Uh, and when they went and didn't play yeah. so much to their strengths, uh, their weaknesses were exposed because they weren't were able to lean on people like Boogie as much as they were uh, in the LJL. Um, and I'm kind of, we're kind of hoping that a team, someone like DFM, are kind of a currently, in our minds, I think, probably fair to say, front runners with at least the talent on the roster. They would at least come with enough muscle to back up the brains. Um, I'm kind of hoping forward to see where that goes, even if our expectations are a little bit more tempered this time out. Yeah, 
I think that's a very fair thing to say. Talking about the future, gentlemen, I'm going to just derail the podcast and take it onto my little what? soapbox. Where's this soapbox come from? No, I don't know what's no, going on. No, what? Let me just put right. the box down. I want to be even <laughs> taller than I already am. And, uh, <clears throat> gentlemen, the LJL is the only minor region that has been around for longer than two years, because I have to add that caveat with the PCS, that doesn't have an academy system at all. Oh, we did have one. And that's an important point to bring up. We have had it in the past. We had the LJL Challenger Series, which stopped at the end of 2018 when the LJL system changed and they uh, had a joint partnership opportunity with Riot Games, Yoshimoto Creative Agency, and Playbrain. Once that started, things changed in the LJL. And most of that was the qualification system and how you actually stay around. You now just pay for a spot in the LJL. The problem is a lot of these teams, specifically I'm gonna call out Rascal Jester, have a full fucking lineup of substitutes in every single role and they're great players. One of them I'll call out right here, right now, is Shakespeare. Shakespeare has been a really strong performer. Woman, by the way, 18-year-old, already got second in the U uh, U19 Esports Championships, which was an event only available to those that were under 19. They got second place in the Esports Beyond Shibuya Cup. The LJL, or Japan specifically, is currently seeing a huge rise in just secondary tournaments for Japanese players for amateurs to play. We've you got U19, I've already mentioned. We've got the Esports Beyond Shibuya Cup. We've got E Elemental Cup um, happening. And these all happened in the last like three, four months. I've been trying to keep my eyes peeled. Right? Scanning Grounds happened. And that that's a whole nother thing. Scouting Grounds was an amazing performance. I watched every single game. The talent coming into Japan at the moment is actually legit. There is some promising figures. Sure, are they all there? No, of course not. That would be ridiculous to think about. Some of the players that qualified and played in Scouting Grounds were middling diamond players. So they're not the top of the top on the server. They might not even have a Korean account. But hey, some of them that did show up I was really impressed with, and some of them are making their debut in the LJL back, this back split. In, back in season four, Yankos was a diamond player, right? Or exactly. There have been players who don't necessarily grind it out in solo queue. It doesn't It's not always a prerequisite. It, it helps. It, it does. always have to be a prerequisite. But now that we are seeing so many organizers create their own tournaments where we're getting a lot of amateur players, currently there isn't really an incentive for any of the professional players, or there might be a non-compete clause within the LJL, so you can't see some of the professionals go down. Um, it's just really fucking frustrating that we don't have this avenue and there isn't a clear way. It's like, do well in an amateur tournament and then one of the teams might pick you as, up as a sub. But we see so many subs get signed and then dropped and never talked about. Imagine if we had a challenger system where all of the eight teams in the LJL had a second tier sister team that was just, okay guys, we're just going to have you yeah. guys pit it out. We're all, most of you are already on your payroll already with, with us. If you're not, guess what? If we're, it's a Riot Run event with Playbrain, with the creative, uh, Yamamoto creative industry, um, you can bring everybody together and go, oh, Okay, great. We've got very, we've got all of this going. These players are getting paid not a great amount of money, and I don't expect them to. But this is developmental yeah. talent finally coming back to the LJL, where you can bring these stars, and you can have full Japanese star lineups coming together. We and and in a year or two, you can develop this talent. Please, I know no one's listening from Riot, but if you are, please think about it, right, Japan? 
Because because there's, there's there's two important things to like because of course the the LGL doesn't have a promotion relegation system. It's it's not franchised in the same way that um, the European League LEC or NALCS um, is because it's it's not, it's not that same kind of partnership. But there is no promotion relegation. So as like you were saying, there is no way for up and coming talent like say a team like Sandbox or Griffin, the LCK can can make things work. And and but but the whole thing about all the regions which are franchised of LCK, LEC, LCS now is that they have either enough money in the case of, of, of NA uh, and teams like C9, TSM, and a couple of other teams. Fukuoka, SoftBank, Hawks. Yeah, but, but they don't have teams. We don't have a team like that which has had a, a history and also just an absolute oh, right. deluge of coaching yeah. talent to stay in the regions, put down their roots. Again, a problem which I said about some of the coaches leaving to really ensure that there is a good framework to train up these people. And yeah, one of the reasons, and now we see that NA is going to get, and of course, NA has a whole problem with their own amateur talent too. Um, but at least they're going to have themselves an academy system in the next year. LEC has the ERLs, yeah. and, which means, and we've already talked about that, a huge player base to draw from. LGL doesn't have either of those things. It's not going to be a team which has three world slots. It's not going to be a team which ha- a region which has um, the most money to offer a lot of incentives. You know, it's not going to, it's, you know, it's, you're not getting paid pennies, but it's not going to be the same as China or, or an a, NA. Um, um, there is also just no academy system. So yes, absolutely something which you need to harp on. So I'm glad you brought out the soapbox. I will continue to do it because I'm passionate about apparently amateur LJ uh, Japanese events. Apparently, that's what I've become incredibly passionate about. <laughs> Scouting Grounds had a few of these players. Um, some of them that we don't quite currently know: Funa in the jungle, Mutton and Bubble were all amazing, as well as Popon. Uh, these like we had. Four, I just listed off four junglers that I'm like. If they had a year in an academy system, I would just love to see how some of these players develop. Dress code was a great AD carry. There's so many kind of like lunatic as well. Like I could keep mm. going about this for a while, and you can tell that there are little pieces of talent all over in Japan. Exactly. And unless these players, if, if these players can't commit the time, but personally, if an org something was like, hey, we're going to pay you a little bit of money for each game you play, maybe a part-time job for a bunch of these players can suddenly come into something. And you know who actually fucking did that and, and went to Worlds last year? Fucking Reiner. He did that grind, and he's yep. a proven person who went through the LJL Champions League, grinded his way up to the very top, made it into the LJL, went on to B3, got a rookie alongside him, and then went to Worlds. Like... Like, you've already seen someone do it. What, what more the, convincing do you want? V3 as a team came through the Challenger series, right? They did? They're, 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 they're in the league now. They've made it into the partnership league, but but but, but they came from that Challenger series. You know, we, we can talk about so many teams which have done that in various other regions. But I'm, I'm going to put away my soapbox. Let's get rid of that. Let's just yeet it over there, gentlemen, because we're starting to talk about the teams here. Initialize, you haven't spoken for a hot minute because I had the soapbox for a while. What are some of your hot tips for our lovely listeners out there on predictions? So, obviously, your we've, talked, yeah, we, we've talked about DFM, but that's not really a hot tip. Everybody's got their eyes on them, and absolutely, you should too. Do your face yourself, favor, keep an eye on them. Other teams to keep your eyes on, though, top of my list, absolutely burning core. Um... We'll talk about them more properly next time, but they have basically kept a lot of the roster from last year, particularly their three ace players. Not ace specifically, but their ace <laughs> players. 
in Ray Farkey, Once and Proud. All three of them were carrying a lot of weight, it felt like, because they were struggling to carry from their AD carry and mid lane position. They have upgraded realistically in picking up Japanese resident mid laner Gariaru, who had a fantastic year, actually, honestly, on Axis, even though they had some difficulties in summer particularly. Uh, and he looked really strong, so they've got a stronger mid laning presence who can be another carry. And it means that some of the very obvious weaknesses that Burning Core had are no longer there. And that means that they can play to their strength a lot more easily and don't have to try so hard for the crazy plays that kind of threw away games that they once had in 2020. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what these guys can do with a strengthened roster and with still a lot of that kind of playmaking spice that they still had. So for me, that hot tip, very much Burning Core. Okay, Nymera, what's your hot tip for the ladies and gentlemen out there? Right, okay, so it goes in a lot of different ways, right? Because I could just tell you, like, oh, yeah, this is my other team, which I'm kind of putting up in the top echelons, but I guess there are, since so my top tips, I'm thinking of which of these teams have, again, as I was saying earlier, and I guess I kind of already preluded to that, right, in terms of what teams have a good identity, that's one thing, right? Because which of these teams have a lot of stuff going on, which you think... Oh, I know who you're going to bring up now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and which I of these attention. have con consistent carries and, and also, yeah, because, okay, we'll do one thing, right? So Sengoku, I was talking about them earlier. Um, they have <laughs> they, they have Paz, Crash, Ramana, Gango, Enzi. Um, besides Paz, uh, particularly Crash, Ramana, Gango, that's a very aggressive team. That's a team where you're thinking, they're going to be picking Graves, Galeforce, Kaiser, and some weird <laughs> stuff in the mid lane. Yeah. So I, that's a plus point for them. A negative point for them is I don't know how consistent the carries are. So I'm thinking mm. Ramonate had a bit of a shocking spring and then he wouldn't even get played in summer. He was a mm -hmm. substitute on DFM for most of um, 2019 too. So I look at this team and also think Paz played pretty well in the LJL, but kind of got a bit crushed in play-ins. He's never been the most flexible top player, a bit more role player. And then Gango is the most flip-flop player in the league, really. So I'm looking at Sanko, I'm like, wow, really good identity. That identity's got some problems. So um, <laughs> Sanko, I'm definitely looking as more of a middle yeah. back of the team. So if I'm going to give you like a hot tip, I think about that for each of the teams. What do these players like to play? And how does that slot with everyone else on their team? And then also how consistent are they doing that? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want a kind of second one from me, I suppose, V3 as well. Oh, no, 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 no. One each. One each. Mm. Oh, okay. Just, all right. I'm, I'm cutting you there. I'm cutting you. I'm cutting you there. I get to do my one. You've already said it. Don't go into more. Um, my one is actually going to be the opposite. I'm not going to be like, oh, this team's really good. I'm going to be actually a little bit of a negative Nelly because yeah. I love to be the person of that of the podcast. Um, and my one is actually going to be don't expect too much from this burning core oh no from this rascal jester roster um the reason i'm about this is their top laner was not in my opinions first round pickup top laner from the lgl scouting grounds they are playing kintanu who is uh who's who's a great player in Kanatu. the lgl scouting rounds kanatu thank you um he just wasn't the top of the top he wasn't the cream he was like the milk at the very like that was coming almost into cream because it hasn't quite <laughs> solidified for so long um i mean it's got hachimecha so like that's a rock but hachimecha was always a rock he wasn't the thing that you kind of go to the got... exactly recaps coming back in his pathing Right, recaps coming back, and he was never a standout player. He was never bad, but was never like, oh my god, recaps gonna destroy everybody. He was like, ah, oh, he's like a third or fourth base player. Like, he's fine. He's good. Sometimes he pops off. A lot of the time he doesn't. I'm also 
really not sold on this bot lane. I'm I'm really not sold on this bot lane. I am willing. I am. I would love to be proven wrong, obviously, but uh, don't put many of your eggs into Rascal Jester's basket. This is not the Rascal Jester from Spring 2020. This is a very very different team. Management has changed. I. Yeah, that's my tip, ladies and gentlemen. Don't put too much equity into Rascal Jester. And if you apply my tips to this team, their identity is like yet to be discovered and needs to be forged. So spring is where off to, they need to fill that out. And that's going to lead to them having a lot of bad games where they don't get it right. Um, having a double Korean bot lane in Soul and Secret, yeah, that helps. Um, and we know that some of the AD carry talents left the region. So there's it's maybe not as hard as them as it is. I heard a little bit from a couple of people around the LGL Twitter so yeah, saying that it's actually quite a strong bot lane, but that's yet to be seen on the Rift. So it has to work within a team atmosphere. So yeah, it is right to question them until they show up. But with that, gentlemen, let's run into our question time. <laughs> question time is here, gentlemen. We have reached the end of our podcast and relatively speaking, I think in half decent time, not the finest time, but reasonable, reasonable so far. Our first question comes into one of the first people to join our Discord server. And if you would like to ask us questions, you can get your questions into us either through the Twitter DMs over to us over at the LJL Officially Unofficial or LJLOU over on Twitter. Or you can plug it over into our Discord chat, which we ask a few hours before or sometimes a day before we actually do do recording. <laughs> yeah, it depends if I, I normally I asked it. I do remember it and do it. But I I was uh, delayed in waking up this morning. So, <laughs> hey, hi. Hey, ho. Let's get back onto it. Acclaimed. Hello, Acclaimed. We've we've had you around since the very beginning. Okay, um, love, love me some Acclaimed. Very much so. He goes, how doomed is the jungle pool? Keck W, uh, the players that is. And this actually touches on something that we've talked about before regarding the pool of players in the outro. What, gentlemen, very quickly, what's your thought on the jungle presence? Go on, Sam. I think we should be okay, honestly, because okay. we've still got Steel, who is been a great jungle player for many many years and still looks that good we've still got once who impressed me a lot he was quite exciting still i think tussle like this is a chance to, for a bit of redemption but he's historically been pretty good hatchamecha has his moments and we're the kind of the two new kind of people i've got my eyes on particularly crash and mujin have both been wonderful aggressive junglers before uh mujin in particular i think crash is very very true to his name, very feast or famine. Uh, Mujin is a little bit more consistent, but you know he's, a, he's another one of those kind of flash wolf superstar junglers who I think should be pretty good with the current meta in the jungle in my eyes. So uh, on one side of things, we lost Boogie, we lost Blank. That's a real big hit. On the other side, um, I mean, Axis had a lot of difficulties in the jungle with Hogler. Of course, we don't know who they're signing again for this year, so we we, we don't know if we're going to get a bit of a, a jungle that's going to struggle or a, a rookie jungle that will, will may, yeah needs to be proven yet. And also, Crest Gaming Act had a lot of struggles from their jungle, right? With both Yoshi and Unica not really hitting the mark. Actually, going on to that course, that was the team with Aria on it, and Aria was a very important part of that mid-jungle TV2. I actually think the mid-jungle TV2s this year, pretty good. So in terms of like the jungle pool itself, yeah, the players themselves might not be at the same level. I think the situation that each of the junglers has found themselves in, though, 
Maybe a lot better. Ace, very supportive of their jungle, so I think Lujin's going to slot in pretty well there. Steel and Arya, really good at playing around pressure. Nahion and Kassin are both a Korean jungle uh, jungle duo, uh, um, uh, mid-jungle duo coming in for Crest Game Rate, so they're probably going to be pretty set. Burning Core has Gaudiado in the mid instead of um, Yujiro, who's, who's more proven, mm. more solid, right? I actually think the mid-jungle 2v2s going to support the jungler better than last year, but the overall talent of the jungler is maybe slightly less. Fair. I think that's a fair assessment to make. We've got Rook, who actually wants to follow up. Hello, Rook. We might be hearing from him occasionally on our cast, hey. depending <laughs> what happens. Heck yeah. Um, to follow up on the jungle question, do we feel the jungle pool is more skewed to tank slash to supportive uh, picks, I'm guessing, or do we think it's more towards carries? I'll throw this over to Nightmare for this one. Carries. You watch, okay. LPL, you watch the LCK, uh, all of Casper, all of it, it's all about enabling your jungler still. Because jungle items aren't a thing anymore, and your jungle item, uh, yeah, doesn't you don't have to sink that money into it. A lot of junglers are better in the late game, so even stuff like Gordrink, Asterix, Olaf doesn't fall off nearly as hard as it was. Uh, Talir so this... is back, Graves is back, it's 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 a lot of carries. Yeah. So, Nymera, uh, no, Initialize, you must be happy about this. Some of your yeah, farming exactly. junglers are still are really meta. Big time. I mean, like, we've still got the odds, got those kind of big ticket names from the 2020 World Championship. So Graves, Nidalee, uh, Lilia, still kind of around and yeah. about. On Lily's top not of that, there's... there anymore, but still around. No, she, she's still around, exactly. She's not at the same S. Probably I mean, where she so... should have always been. Yeah, and then there's people like Hecarim, and there's people like Hecarim and Kindred hinting around the corners as well. But there's kind of two other picks too. that. Yeah, exactly. And there's like there's these two other picks that play pick the drinker up in Olaf and Pantheon, who are on mm. top of that, who were way yeah. more aggressive, way more bloody. They kind of don't fall off quite as hard because just Gordrinker was nuts. Um, and so they're very much in around hell. I think at the minute, we've only, of course, got limited uh, regions and stuff to choose from. But out of the presence we've got right now, Olaf is 86% presence, Pantheon is 81% presence. They are the two highest presence junglers in the game right now in the competitive scene. I love that Pantheon can still be played in four different roles at the moment. Um, you, We all know that my favorite thing about League of Legends and watching the LJL was actually not watching the LJL. I was watching how they draft. I didn't care about the games. For, I, I, I did, I did, I did, obviously, but... Oh, man, it's going to be cool to see that. Lots of options here and uh, more continuous things to see. So players like Once, like Steel, who have proven themselves in this environment, in the LJL, are going to continue to thrive where I'm... I think, personally, we might have some question marks for some of the players who typically have a bit more of a farming style or a more supportive element, but we'll have to see how that goes. Garu is the best shark. Good. If you have a virtual YouTuber preference, I'm not actually doing it. It's their username. I'm just quoting here. I'm no offense <laughs> to anybody out there. I, 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 ain't, I ain't get involved in v, VTuber drama, mate. Like, that's, that stuff's Deadly insane. Lovely community, though, by the way, actually. Great memes. Um, what do you guys think of Arya? Uh, what do you think you Arya brings to DFM that might shake things up for you? Oh, and also, do you think the, they start the split with Cyrus or Arya as it's not been confirmed? Okay, uh, so... Who wants to take this one first? Uh, I, I'll, I'll give a couple of quick points just so we can rattle through that first bit. What does Aria bring to DFM? A whole lot of stuff. One is a champion ocean, and what does that mean? You can leave your red side draft to red five and just say, can Aria's champion pool counter this entire composition? Because that's what Crest Gaming Act did for most of I was thinking that. <laughs> so that's a really big thing. Um, he's a massive playmaker. 
Um, I'm gonna give a flip side to this. He's not a massive control mage player. He plays some Azir, but his Orianna has been lacking from his pool, so that's something which actually he won't bring mm. to the team, just in case you want a bit more depth on that. But he brings so much carry playmaking potential whilst also just winning lane. He's a consummate professional from that mid lane, so expect him to bring quite a lot to DFM if they incorporate him well. Yeah, and speaking of incorporating him well, I think that second part to your question, Ogura is best shark. Um, who do we think starts? I think the reason they have got Kazu in as a player is so they can start with Arya. Why else would they sign him, right? It's a, exactly, and that's you know that's why they've done it. That said, they've still got Seros on the roster, and so if things start going a little bit sideways because Kazu just can't stand up then probably what happens is they bring Seros back in and Gang back in to stabilize things. They've got that in the backseat. But I think the plan is to get Arya in and acclimatize as soon as they possibly can and have kind of Utabon and Kazu uh, play weak side, which is honestly not a bad thing to do when you've got Ebi and Arya as your solo. Mate. There is some value to switching in and out those duos too to give Gang stage time in spring because he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but it's still nice to have him playing with at least mm -hmm. three out of the five pieces of the roster that we expect the Summer roster mm -hmm. to be with Arya just replacing and then Gang being on the roster because Steel's a resident at that point. So I think there's some value to having both duos playing if we think that they're, that they're swapping in and out um, just to make sure that they're all kind of fresh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons. Um, I mean, this is also going to bring in the big question of Cyrus, um, obviously mm -hmm. eventually leaving DFM or staying yeah. on DFM. Um, but he has been one of the post-charles of the LGL. He's one of the big kind of faces for any form of marketing mm -hmm. for DFM slash the LJL in Japan. He is a known Very figure and is one of the best. He is arguably the second most beloved player behind his teammate, Ebi, who has got an incredible story of his own before joining the DFM. Utapon is the other player, but Utapon has kept himself a bit more out of the limelight just because that's who he is as a person. So, I mean, these are some incredible players, and we all knew eventually their time must come to an end, but um, it's believed what? currently that um, Cyrus might be going into a different eSport at yeah, this point in just, time. Just, so... I mean, I know Lexi loves bringing this up, but I think Cyrus is only behind Faker for the longest tenure on a single team of League of Legends player. Yeah. Utapon also like a day behind. Yeah, and Saros about that. So for Saros to leave, it would be a really big thing because DFM just don't change players that often yeah. anymore. No, and it would be uh, an end of an era, and also that fight against Faker, who isn't uh, starting uh, for T1. Mm, it's like, oh, for how? Yeah, it's yeah, like, hurts me, dude. It hurts me. It's like, it's like, how much longer is Faker gonna hang around Don't until he goes question. into something? It hey, it's me. gotta happen at some point. LeBron no, James. I, will, oh, God, I, will, uh, I, I mean, Michael Jordan retired. Shush. Michael Jordan retired, so eventually Faker will have to retire. And then um, might come back. You never know. I mean, perks. Hope. That's my I mean, perks and caps are now like that's the thing, lads. Like, ooh, who's the goat now in the mid lane? Ooh. That's a good anyway, let's go on over to our final question, which comes from Koz Koz Kozlovov, PBE. Kosakov. Kosakov. Okay. Um, asking a repeat question. Sadly, uh, what do we think the strengths of? We actually know it's slightly different. Uh, what do we think about the strengths of weakness of each okay. of the DFM rosters? Assuming that Cyrus Gang is a pair and Arya Kazu is a pair. And their okay. second question is, which rookie are we most excited about? So I'm so, happy about that one. Okay. Um, I, okay. I I so can't... I'll start with some. Basically, in that I think it's the difference is kind of R is do you rate synergy and a stronger playmaking bot lane? Or do you just want raw carry potential? Uh, because what mm. you effectively are trading in is 
a arguably one of the best players in the LJL in Sarah in Gang, or are you going for one of the best midlanders in uh, in the in the region as well? One of the best players in the region in Aria. It's kind of what are you after? What are you looking to do? And um, which one's kind of working for you? There is a kind of weight of history and synergy with the original roster of Saros and Gang, and that will always help, particularly earlier mm. on in the splits, where you just you can fall back on just knowing these players and how they work for years and years and years. On the other side, Aria is just really good. Uh, and as long as Kazu isn't like losing you lane hard, Utapon's a very good weak side player. Oh, and we there is a world with... where. Gango and Grendel occasionally just running it down, so yeah. I think I'm right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And he would basically, actually, honestly, he's had to play weak side quite a lot anyway because Ebby <sighs> tends to want attention on the top side is how they've wanted to play with the likes mm. of Nidalee before. So, honestly, I, th I think the difference is largely are you looking for raw carry potential and top side play or are you looking for stability and playmaking out of your support? I'll go for it from a slightly different option in terms of champion pools. Um, way more assassins out of Aria, Seros just doesn't really play them. Um, less control mages out of Aria, so you're not going to have a Heimendinger, Orianna, Zillion. So Aria's not really going to be playing the supportive kind of picks, so he doesn't play Galio and stuff either. He will be playing stuff like Aurelia, uh, LeBlanc, all of his crazy carries. His Akali's nuts too, even though uh, the, uh, his team didn't know how to enable it all the time. You know, he's, he's just a very mechanically proficient He player. almost pulled it, if only that wasn't that damn blitzcrank and the dumb dog wasn't that the silas that was the silas game wasn't it? oh, uh, oh and yeah, no, silas yeah, was, is also yeah. ridiculous by the way so i think but then on the other side of it by putting aria in over saros and don't get me wrong i think that aria is a really good player to put in over saros in a lot of situations i you're losing stuff like um gangs rakan gangs uh, bard gangs thresh gangs a lot of different picks the question is is kazu going to be able to do what gang can do because because while aria will occasionally just win you the game by himself Gang can kind of do the same, so there's a lot of different ways to look about this from a champion pool perspective too. I personally am very interested to see kind of, um, do you want to go with what worked or past tense worked? Because obviously yeah. in summer, DFM, their rails came completely off. They ended up yeah. losing to almost everybody at one point. Yeah. They almost lost a game to fucking Axis, who, no offense to any of I those would say players. They should have done, actually. It was they they probably should have, but, like, no offense to Axis, but at that point, that was when Axis was starting their run to actually come back mm -hmm. in after going 0 and 8, and DFM got pushed really hard by them, which, I mean, the players of Axis. They I almost mean, lost to Rascal Jester, too. Right? They, they need to yeah. pat themselves on the back for almost doing that. Um, Aria can just win a game, and we've been proven to do this. So, personally, I think the strengths of Aria over what has what losing what Cyrus and Gang brings is actually Aria can just put a game on his back, and he had to do that for a full year yeah. in the LJL. Um, not being able to rely on maybe his bot lane always winning lane and or actually half the time losing lane, and then his jungler just being AFK. He still found ways of winning games, and it was yeah. like, well, if he can do that already. What about when you've got the best AD carry? Or, hmm, actually, to quote Paz, there's only two men I'm scared of in the LJL, and Utapon and Ebi are those. Everybody else. Oh, oh, and Arya was there as well, actually. Yeah, he said, he he said there were two like people Arya. he didn't know the ceiling of in the LJL, and that was Utapon and Arya. It's like, I genuinely don't know how good mm. these guys can get. Um, yeah. 
and he do, he doesn't he doesn't like playing against um Airby either. So it's well, like who, who does honestly in the LCL? Yeah. And I mean, Ray Farky's okay yeah. with it because he actually will yeah. go he will go to town against him. But it, yeah, no, that's that's where I'm going, gentlemen. Do you want me to start off with uh, who I think the most exciting yeah. rookie is coming we'll into you this? this one, actually. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick the rookie that is obvious to pick because it would be a certain jungler who I'm going to leave to my co-host here to fight over. But actually, my most excited character uh, player or carry actually is actually on their same team. It's Milana. The reason I'm excited is because the way they popped off in scouting grounds is just he just one v nine one game as an AD carry. It was kind of absurd. He ended up at one point. It was correct for him to gin alt inside the enemy base one to fun. get a double kill. And then it was like, what What are you doing? He then rotated around, got another kill there. And it's, it's like, this guy's mechanics are just so high. Really and if he can transfer half of that mechanical talent into pro play, which is a completely different beast. My God, Crest Gaming Act might have a really good bot lane carry, which hopefully that saves them from their support player who I'm still not sold on. Okay. Do you mind if I go next then? I'll, I'll let you take up sure. the very last bit. So I'm actually not going to go for Cassin. I'm actually going to go for Hollow technically, because Hollow, even though they've been around mm. in the pro scene for a while, never mm. played in a top flight league. Um, they played in Challenger Series in Korea for a while, played a couple of Casper Cups, never played in the LCK, never played major region um, uh, tournament in terms of like the regular split and stuff at all so this guy hollow has been around playing as some of the best players um in the world you know either in team houses and scrims of course he hasn't really been able to prove himself on um on the lck stage which is a bit sad for him but hopefully he can find himself an inroad when there has been this kind of break in the adc market in the ljl and we do have a couple of good players here in that role and i'm hoping that um this guy uh can do really good things this split yeah, and that leaves me with Cassin, who is another one of those CGA rookies. And Cassin was formerly known as Big Shot. He was part of the DRX Academy. He basically got picked up very end of 2019 to start playing in 2020. And basically within just over a year of competitive play on the Academy squad, he is now in a in, in, in a starting spot on, on a in a team, right? And that's kind of impressive stuff. He's got a lot to prove, but he's coming from some fairly high pedigree, right? DRX are a relatively well-regarded team out in the LCK, and to kind of step up the ranks so quickly is a good sign. That said, he is very much a rookie. So and also, Derek's had on their jungle problems as well. Like, Pyoshik has not always been... Well, he's definitely not, like, one of the top-tier LCK junglers. He's had his moments. He's had his moments. But, so you're kind of there, like, okay, well, you're not understudying someone like, you know... Um, cleared or or you know tarzan when he was back in here still still being in an lck organization in their back backroom back staff and, and all of that kind of stuff is going to be good for you yeah and crest gaming act are the roster and are the team that did this exact thing with aria they Very took true. aria fresh out of korea barely played any professional i think oven. it was um a, a tiny bit um in the keg championship which is like an interregional ch championship not even kespa didn't even get that high um played a part of a team got fifth to eighth signed with cga and flew like nobody else really maybe this might be the next korean rookie that crest gaming actor brought in and gone oh, shh, 
no one quite knows how good he is and now he's going to school everybody in the jungle except our jungle pool is maybe pretty good right initialize yeah i i think I think it probably is. Um, I mean, it's sad to use Boogie, lose Boogie and Blank, but we've still got a fair few very talented junglers around, and I think Mujin, Crash, potentially Cassid as well coming in, are all very talented themselves. So that's pretty good. For me, I feel the average level probably risen a bit. Whether the top end has dropped a little, we'll have to wait and see. We, well, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, and that brings us to the end of episode one or episode 34, depending on which way you're counting, ladies and gentlemen. That's the LJL a podcast. We have talked about everything. Next week, we will be doing our predictions episode on where our placements are going to be doing in. two types of predictions we're going to be doing a conjoined predictions list this will be far more uh fluid there might be a bit of placing and we will explain that all in thorough detail as well as also locking in our predictions for the end of the regular spring split and who we think will be at the very top of the standings and who we think will be at the bottom we'll be going into far more depth about the team the players themselves on those rosters and much more. We'll be asking for your questions as well come next week. But for myself, thank you so much. Initialize in Nymera. Have you got any closing thoughts? Bring on 2021 back, spring. back, baby. We are well indeed back. Bring on 2020 spring for each of us. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. And we'll see you all very, very soon.